Hello, friends. This is Naomi bringing you another great episode. Episode 41, in fact, of Dope Nostalgia. I got to speak to a fabulous group of guys from Patterson, New Jersey. If you've seen the movie Lean On Me with Morgan Freeman, you've seen these guys before. These guys were the guys singing in the bathroom, singing the school anthem in harmony, in beautiful, beautiful harmony. Um, you've seen the movie White Man Can't Jump? Well, they sang the official song to the movie in the soundtrack. Riff is on the show today. And not only did I speak to three of the guys from Riff, it was a cool because we were all in like a group. It was one of the bigger interviews I've ever done, Mark. We were all like in the same kind of room type deal, but not really virtual. Um, not only that, but we also, I had an interview with member Smooth previously. So I just took some clips from both interviews, put it all together for you so you can learn all about Riff today and check it out. We also have a Patreon account and I'm adding some, a cool new tier to our Patreon account. Um, for the highest level tier on Patreon, which I'm going to make $15 per month um, as a supporter of the show, you will get all of the other stuff you get on all the other tiers plus a free t-shirt because we have swag now. So I'll send you a free Dope Nostalgia t-shirt as well as all the other goodies just for being a loyal Patreon subscriber. So check that out and get ready for this show all about the band Riff. Check it out. Wikipedia Moments. Out of Patterson, New Jersey, comes one of the smoothest set of harmonies known to R&B. Comprised of five layers of rhythmic soul, Riff emerged as a breakout sound as far back as high school. Anthony Chill Fuller, Dwayne Stiles Jones, Michael Nitty Green Best and Stephen Capers Jr. had already been blending their vocals while attending church together. Now, I just want to say right there, right there, I'm very aware that I said smokles and I screwed up, but I'm leaving it there because it's kind of like smoky vocals. Yes. Soon to join them was classmate Kenny Kelly at Eastside High, the same one to make cinematic history. The time that group member Michael Best got stopped by the infamous Mr. Clark and made to sing the school's alma mater is as storied as the film itself. Asking for a delay, he gathered his vocal partners and they turned out a rendition that became a talked about, sought after, regular. One so compelling, it was added to the 1989 release of the film Lean On Me. Strongly influenced by doo-wop, the group then called themselves the Playboys as they went about honing what would become a chart-topping R&B group. By the time the fabulous quintet were featured in the film, even contributing two songs to the soundtrack, they were no longer the innocent playboys as they were whisked onto their first plane ride to Los Angeles and soon after into a deal with SBK Records in 1990. They quickly hit listeners with a riveting self-titled LP called Riff. Then following up with an immediate top 10 hits from My Heart Is Failing Me, If You're Serious, and the third single off the album, Every Time My Heart Beats, as well, the song White Men Can't Jump, produced by Dallas Austin, from the soundtrack of the same movie. Riff was still at it two years later with their 1993 release, To Whom It May Concern, which delivered two singles to the R&B charts, Judy Had a Boyfriend, produced by Teddy Riley and Bernard Bell, and Baby It's Yours. Appearing with live performances across the airwaves, from Soul Train and the Arsenio Hall Show, to The Tonight Show and MTV, Coupled with massive tours with Vanilla Ice and LL Cool J, the group built their fan base one song at a time. Riff goes down as an era favorite in all current playlists for their four Billboard Top Hot 100 hits, and even their contribution, Family, the song that they submitted to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack. 
As the 1990s came to an end, so did the group's full-time work together as Anthony Fuller, Dwayne Jones, and Michael Best became members of the R&B group Men of Vision and found themselves working with the legendary Michael Jackson. With no bad blood between Riff, the group continued to reunite occasionally and bring again the East Side Songbirds to their adoring fans. Even on into summer 2013 as opening act for Cindy Lauper on her She's So Unusual tour. With such a footprint in R&B, it is no wonder fans have been clamoring for their latest and Riff karmically reunited will not disappoint. The tragic passing of their original member Kenny Kelly in July of 2016 happened just after discussing a reunion concert with Kenny agreeing to join. Since, the group has had even more soul spinning their sound. One bred from brotherhood and emotion. While devastated at the loss of their old friend and musical partner, the group insists their original Fifth Harmony is still singing along with them, galvanizing them with a newfound energy and determination as they complete their current project. As of fall 2016, with the new members, talented Delvis Damon and Andre Lamar blending their electrifying and versatile powerhouse tones to the quintet's synchronized sound, Riff has re-emerged as vocally innovative as they ever were, stepping toward new heights as if they haven't missed a beat. Welcome to the show, the boys from Riff. Now, I did this interview in two separate sessions where I got to talk with Smooth B um, for a while, for the first one, and then a second session where we got all the guys to come in and uh, had a wonderful time together. So I'm going to share both of those interviews with you today, starting with our chat with Smooth B. Eastside High School is where it all started, correct? Yes, Eastside High School in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, nice. Michael, it just, uh, you know, we, we were in high school and Mr. Clark just got there and he was strong on uh, everybody singing the school song. So if he caught you, he's going to have you sing the song on the spot. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If not, five days probably 10 days suspension, Wow. you know? Yeah. So, uh, Mike, he was like, I, right, Mr. Clark, I tell you what, cause he was in the hallway without a hall pass. Well, no, I don't know if he had a hall pass or not, but Mr. Clark got him. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> Mr. Clark was about to burn him to the office so he can sing the school song. Okay. So, uh, Mike was like, listen, I got something for you. I promise you, if you wait till tomorrow, I'm gonna have something special for you. So Mike went home, got with uh, Anthony and Dwayne, which are brothers, and they did uh, a quartet version of um, the school song, you know, uh, three-part harmony, rather. Three-part harmony of the school song. The next day he came in and he sung the song. You know, we arranged it and, you know, he was blown away by it. So from then on in, uh, he wanted that song that way so uh one day uh myself kenny which is a, a rest in peace, uh we were in uh anthony and Dwayne's backyard and we were just playing around with it that's when we added the all aboard with the train which was kenny's idea and uh we sung it for mr clark and he was just blown away with it you know so from then on it was just history Oh, that's amazing. And it just started right from school. And did you have like the same like choral classes and all that in school? Was music part of the education there that was a big, big help for getting you going? Well, at that, well, no, because uh, we, before going to high school, we all sung quartet together. Mm -hmm. 
so we sung together. But then at Eastside, there was something called a uh, concert choir, uh, Boys Glee. And we were a part of that uh, because we, we enjoyed singing. And plus yeah. that room had good acoustics. So um, we would go there or up in the hallway and just every morning sing. So singing, singing was basically part of our whole lives already. So uh, any interesting stories, of course, working with Morgan Freeman at the time, what kind of uh, experience was that like? Oh, it was, it was, he was really down to earth. I mean, the whole cast was, I mean, uh, we were doing uh, one of the final scenes. Uh, we were shooting from dusk to dawn, doing the free Mr. Clark part uh, mm -hmm. when we marched down to a uh, city hall. And, you know, we were just getting there, standing up, getting lighting and getting everything right. And uh, Morgan Freeman was there, his stand-in was there, you know, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, we just started saying, go Morgan, go Morgan. And he just started dancing and we, you know, we were just having fun. Like it's, he, he was really cool and down to earth the whole cast was. I mean, it was a very, uh, great experience doing that and at the same time graduating from that school so you know I can honestly say I'm an Eastside high school alumni <laughs> that's a wonderful thing yes yes it is well I'm sure you've learned the school song by now you better know it because this time if you don't get it right you're suspended for 10 days each now is that clear is that clear yes sir all right then the school song let me hear it all right, fellas, let them hear it. Fairy side, by thy side will stand and always praise thy name. Praise thy name, praise thy name. Forever, yeah. Lend our hearts and hands to help increase thy So once the, you started doing the TV appearances and you had the album prepared, you were doing touring with Vanilla Ice and LL Cool J, right? Yes. Which, what, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the road life like? And where all did you get to tour together? It, 
it was it was a whole lot of fun. It was a new experience, really totally different. Uh, I think the first show with Vanilla Ice, we started Ashley, New York at the Beacon Theater. I do believe wow. the, that's when we first that's when we got to see our tour bus, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a great experience. We traveled. I would like to say we we hit a lot of spots out, out there. Like I would say 45 of the 50 states maybe. Mm. And, you know, and we were lucky enough to have a chance to go to Hawaii and uh, to Europe also. So, I mean... Yeah, it was it's it's good. It it was it was a great experience. I think that's part of the beauty of being a musician is being able to see the world if you can, you know. Although you're probably very busy working cuz you, you know. Exactly. And I was saying if I had to do it again, I would go and take my time to see the sights and the culture of yeah. each city because you know it was we would go here when we get when we like get to the hotel. Okay, got like ten minutes to rest up. Then you got radio interview here, radio interview here, mm. and sound check. Then we got to go sign autographs here. Then we got to go this opening. You know, it was it yeah. was pretty hectic, but it was a lot of fun. Were you able to take it all in at the time and enjoy it, or was it just if did it feel like you're just putting in the work? at the time because i know a lot of people say that they were if they could do it all again they would have taken the time to look at it and went and go yeah enjoy this moment right i mean i didn't enjoy it didn't get a chance to enjoy it because we were like then but i would say about three four months into the tour living the life I, i had a chance to sit back and say wow like i'm really actually doing what I love you know I still didn't get to go out to see any sites but you know I was doing what I love so that was that was a great thing what part of uh New Jersey do you reside in now is it um what what places would you recommend to your friends and fans to come see if they wanted to take a trip to New Jersey uh go go uh see our great falls uh a uh, museum that's downtown and uh, just recently uh, uh, Center City Mall, you know, which they have a movie theater. We have a movie theater there and stuff like that. I mean, of course you can't go to the movies, but you know, we, we got that and we're slowly uh, building other uh, attractions. So, you know, you can, people can feel good about coming to a, uh, you know, coming to the Silk City, you know, like, yeah. But we definitely got some uh, good stuff out here. We got like, again, the uh, museum, uh, the Great Mm -hmm. Falls, you know, and uh, we have some nice parks up here as well. You know, if I missed anything, please feel free. Yeah, please let us know. Is Great Falls where the the scene where in the, TV show The Sopranos where they like is that is am I going in the right direction here? Ah, oh, it looks like a nice place. 
not just to hide it a is. body, but like a nice, beautiful place to visit. <laughs> it, it definitely is. So, I mean, they've been doing a lot of renovating and uh, definitely trying to uh, get Patterson uh, back on the map again. It's a un beautiful untapped market here. Thank you for sharing uh, Patterson with us because I've been to New York City, but I never got, I got to go to Newark Airport and that was all I got to see of Jersey. So I would love to come back. There's so much that I want to do. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, that'd be definitely nice. You, you, uh, you know, get in contact with us and uh, maybe we can show you around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get rid of this uh, coronavirus and I'll come visit. <laughs> yeah, man, this is, this is crazy. You know, yeah. it's a new norm now. Yeah, and it's, it's just strange because this is the first time in our lifetimes that we're experiencing anything like it and not knowing what the next steps are and how, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange time. But right. um, it can be a time to be creative too, right? I mean, like right now, uh, uh, you got these verses going on. Like you got certain artists, artists verse, versing other artists with uh, songs and stuff. And uh, you know, we're gonna try to recreate those things ourselves. As far as we're trying to hook up with some of these uh, '90s bands, and you know, and just get together and just put on something, go song for song, and you know, just to entertain yeah. our fans and stuff like that. You know, it, it's, it's something that'd, that'd be uh, kind of fun. Uh, what was one of your most memorable performances? I have so many, but the one I would have to say is we were uh, doing a promotional, uh, promotional tour and we was in the city. I think it was, uh, I can't remember where it was, uh, videos uh, to do. We were walking in, and Stevie Wonder was walking out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, wow. Yes. So you can imagine. Ooh. I mean, you can see that clip on YouTube. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, we we you know we meet Stevie, which uh, one of my idols, and mm. all of a sudden we bust out. I mean, someone says, "Well, they do a great rendition of Old Mary, don't you?" We by you know so he's like really and then he gets he goes mm -hmm. and you know we did that all for a little bit and uh wow. the host of friday videos like uh you guys gotta come back in here and we did it and uh if you look at the experience uh all of our faces it was the, the excitement was so uncontrollable. We was trying to contain it while we're singing with uh, someone you grew up listening to. Oh. You know, Saturday mornings, yeah. when it's time to clean up, your mother would get up. Once you hear that music, I mean, it's just time to get up and it's time to do some spring cleaning. Every weekend, mm -hmm. spring cleaning. But we were sitting there listening, singing with Stevie Wonder. Like, that was one of the most memorable ones there. I mean, I have a lot, but that one I'm so, was the one that I'm, most stuck out. I'm just so happy for you <laughs> that you got to experience that. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's, that's something I can tell my grandkids, you know, and stuff like that, you know. Who, well, I think you have already answered this question, 
but who did you get to meet in the business so far that's taught you the most or was the most exciting experience? I would say Stevie's probably right up there. Yes, he's up there. Uh, we also got a chance to shoot a video with uh, Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Rosie Perez for oh, Big Man Kid Jump video, which they were, uh, it was so cool. Uh, we also got to meet um, Ron Isley, uh, Ricky, and uh, Ronnie from Bell Biv DeVoe in LA with uh, LL. You know, I mean, mm. Vanessa Williams, uh, MC Hammer, Will Smith, uh, Queen. We met a lot of people. <laughs> it was it's, it was yeah. just so exciting. It was you know, it was just so many people that uh, the whole experience was just wonderful. Are you a father? Uh, yes, I am. And are your kids making music as well? Uh, they're singing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm making music. Uh, my son is actually, um, uh, uh, he helps out his, uh, high school that he graduated from, mm. you know, he, he graduated from, uh, Dwight Moore high school, went to Hampton university, came back and, mm. uh, is working at the school with, uh, with their band. So well, that's wonderful. Uh, oldest daughters, they're singing. Yeah. So, you know, proud papa. <laughs> nice. I'm glad to hear that. Definitely. Now, since we're a show that's kind of centered in the 90s, that was kind of around the time when the internet became a huge thing. Did you get involved with using the internet in its early stages? Or did that take more time to come about for you? Especially for the that band. Was, that, that probably took more time because... Uh, uh we was we still had uh those uh crazy phones with the antenna popping up and stuff like that and flip phones i mean i oh, think yeah. in our era uh it was tough but yeah we got on with the internet later on you know because mm. we was always out there on the road and doing this and that we didn't have anyone back home to uh set that stuff up and take care of it mm -hmm. for us but we had to come in and we had to do it ourselves and set it up but mm -hmm. you know, back in the aol the aol days <laughs> i'll tell you i'm in canada yeah, we didn't the really dial up we didn't really use aol in canada that was more of an american thing but we had our own dial up you know <laughs> It was, but it was cool. I was, I was always really invested in the internet in the beginning and was like, wow, you can download songs. Well, you know, but then, then that could have been what made things a lot more difficult for musicians at that time. Yeah. But, uh, at, I think at that time it was still, again, just for us, uh, just starting up and, uh, we didn't just, you know, we didn't get into it, uh, like we probably should have, but, you know. What's, um, what items make you nostalgic for the 90s, whether it's fashion, uh, toys, food? What, what things do you, do you take, take you back that you really enjoyed back then? Um, uh, 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 a nice old school song. Um, uh, Frankie Beverly and Maze would take me back there. Oh, yeah? You know, that, that would definitely take me back there. Um, uh food that would take me back there uh any type of food uh 
Food's and, food. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes there's like these like certain candies or whatever, you know, sometimes they'll just squirrel bring you back nuts. and you're like, ah. Yep. Squirrel, squirrel nuts? nuts? Yes. Squirrel nuts. What, what, are, what are they? Like What? <laughs> I don't know if we, I don't know if we um, have it here. Oh, wow. Uh, dang. Is it I like corn nuts? Nah, uh, help me out, Pie. Squirrel nuts, man. Unmute, help me out. Come on. <laughs> what, as far as candies that take you back to the 80s? Yeah. I mean, the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. What, Boston baked beans. <laughs> red hot. Oh, uh, with red hot. Red oh, hot. We had red hot. Mike and Ike's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a yeah. few. Red I'm not really a candy head, though. <laughs> but he remembers. Yeah. We I don't know. I've I've honestly been eating the same thing all my life. I'm kind of boring, so <laughs> I mean, my mom's been cooking baked macaroni and cheese and mm. collard greens and mm -hmm. rice and you know stuff like that since forever. So that takes me back to the '70s, '80s, '90s, and now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. After these messages, we'll be right back. Analog Brewing, winner of three awards at the 2020 Alberta Beer Awards, is a proud sponsor of the Dope Nostalgia podcast. Analog Brewing is now offering delivery within the city of Edmonton with no delivery fee on orders over 40 bucks. Go to analogbrewing.ca slash shop. That's www.analogbrewing.ca forward slash shop and place your order today. When placing an order, you could also pay it forward and take part in their Nurse a Pint program and prepay for a pint for a nurse. Mention this podcast in the order comments so they know we sent you. Analog Brewing, taking beer to the next level. Podcasting is so much fun, but it's kind of expensive too. We got to pay for stuff like licensing fees, hosting fees, long distance phone calls, etc., etc. You get the drill? Okay. Well, we have a new thing called Patreon. Now, Dope Nostalgia has a Patreon account where you can subscribe to premium content. And what that means for you is for the very low starting price of $1 a month, you'll be able to get the podcast two days in advance of the regular release. Not only that, $3 a month, you get exclusive video content just for you guys to check out bonus stuff all the time that you don't get with the regular show. So check it out, patreon.com slash dope nostalgia. Become a subscriber today and get all the good perks.
again. The thing is, I just watched the movie Lean on Me like two weeks ago, so I could finally see all these great scenes, and it was just an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Guys, yeah, it was. How it did was. You, how did that affect your lives being part of that? And were you in the school before Mr. Clark had come to the school? You want me to handle that one? Yeah, you can handle that, and then I'll feed off you. All right. No, Mr. Clark was up there. He had entered the Eastside High School a year before we got there. Mm. And before we got there, Mr. Clark had thrown out about 150 to 200 students. He held a assembly. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? He went through the, da- the database and you know what I mean? He was checking who was coming to school and who was goofing around, who was getting suspended that year, he gathered them all up. He looked to see who was failing the test, you know what I mean? And, you know, the teachers tried to reach out to him to try to get him help so that they could do better on the test. He found out that they weren't trying to be helped. He held an assembly and threw them out of the building. So so when we got there, Mr. Clark had already did that. So when we got there, we had a clean slate. But when we got there, he held, a, he held another assembly and he let us know what he did. It was more like, listen, I want to let you know that I just threw out 150 students. He said, and I will do it again. He said, we are trying to build and trying to make sure that our test scores is up. So we're going to need your help to do whatever you have to do to do that. And okay. that's, pretty, that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> well, on top of that, it wasn't like he did it purposely because everything, you know, was like he tried. He came into school for a reason. The reason they hired him as the principal because they, it was an issue during those days um, of Eastside High School before we came. So he didn't just throw them out. He gave them an opportunity to be able to clean up and to be able to, be able to do what they were supposed to do when you go to school. Mm-hmm. So it ain't like he just tossed them. So he said, listen, I'm here. We're going to work together. We're going to do what we got to do together. But if you're going to waste your time, waste my time, then there's no need for you to be here. So he had a lot of parents that was like really upset with him. Like if you go into the story, into the movie, you see that there was a, a part of the thing to where the parents try to get Mr. Clark locked up. As a matter of fact, they did get him locked up. Mm-hmm. But the reason they got him locked up because it's just like you, if you had a child who was into school and not knowing your child was, wasn't doing what they supposed to have did, you know what I'm saying? That child was basically messing up. And listen, I don't want you to be a bad influence on some kids that wants to do right. So it's like he said, you know what, rather than deal with that, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and just let these people, these kids part ways, and I'm going to deal with the children and the kids and teachers who wants to be a part of what I'm trying to build, like um, Nitty said. So it wasn't like they just tossed the kids out. He basically did what he had to do to basically protect the environment of the new kids that was about to enter the school, like myself, Michael, Stephen, um, Kenny at the time, and my brother, um, He wanted to create a safe learning environment for everyone who desired to be there. Is exactly. what I 
Exactly. And, and it was beautiful. Correct. Oop, someone's here. Smooth's here. Uh oh. This won't be the man. He's in the building. Smooth, <laughs> my man. He's back. Good to see you. <laughs> hey, what's up, um, so we were just starting. You hadn't missed much. I'd asked the first question being about the movie because since the last time I spoke with you, I got to watch the movie again. So I got a little bit more uh, refreshed with everything. But uh, we were talking about how, how he made the school and he kept the people out who, didn't, who were causing negative impact on the learning environment. Now, since you were saying, Anthony, that he gave everyone a chance to prove what themselves, in the movie, it didn't quite show it like that, but it definitely showed, yeah. showed him taking care of business. Um, one of the guys from The Sopranos is in that riffraff group. Remember? His name well, was Chris on The Sopranos. And I was like, oh, I know that face. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually had a lot of celebrities that we didn't know at the time mm -hmm. that partaking in the movie lean on me we just didn't know you know we was exactly. kids exactly so then at the time when you guys were getting together and and this movie is being filmed you had well you had morgan freeman come to your school now what how, how did this all get introduced to you guys that a movie was going to be made out of this you want to take that smooth or chill yeah let me know well, I can actually take that because I was actually in um, my history class and, uh, you know, we was being taught and all of a sudden you hear a knock on the door and then Mr. Clark sticks his head in the window, I mean, into the door and he says, I'd like to introduce uh, you guys to someone. And uh, Morgan Freeman walks in and he said, this is the guy that's going to be playing me uh, during my movie. So, I mean, we all got excited and everything and, uh, mm. I mean... That's how we were told. I mean, that's how I found out. I was in history class, and he brought Morgan Freeman into the class, and we all got to meet him. I didn't know that, Smooth. That's all right, bro. Word <laughs> up. Oh. <laughs> no way. Now, Morgan Freeman, so you know, he came after it was a producer, a song, a producer, I want to say the songwriter and the director. Um, these people heard about all the stuff that was about to take place, mm -hmm. you know, um, that was taking place in um, Patterson, New Jersey, Eastside High School. So what they decided to do was visit the school to basically see what was going on. So after visiting the school and um, talking to Mr. Clark and talking to a couple of other people, basically went back to um, to California and did what they had to do. And that's when they were able to come up with their, their plot in terms of who they wanted to play as, you know, Mr. Clark, which was Morgan Freeman. And then after all of that transpired, then that's when Morgan Freeman had a chance to visit the school. Because in order for Morgan Freeman to be able to play Mr. Clark, he had to go there and meet him and see how he basically moved and he shifted and he did his things in terms of how he interacted with the children who was a part of the school at that time. Yeah, he, so that's he, he when was shadowing Mr. Clark. Yeah, he Correct. was shadowing him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How yeah. do you and believe he did that? It wasn't for one day. Like, you wouldn't believe. Morgan hung out for a couple of days just to shadow him, to see what he was like. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like, yeah, one, one day, a couple of days he hung out. Oh, no, yeah. It would take at least a, a while, you would think, to get the mannerisms right, the moves, all yeah. of that. And how close it, do you think his portrayal was to Mr. Clark? Oh. He was pretty right. spot on to me. Yeah. Pretty spot on. 
<laughs> deadlock, like bullseye. Like he studied him. He studied him the way he walked, the way he, you know, the way he talked, the way he held the bullhorn, the way he interact with the students. Mm -hmm. He was pretty much dead on mm -hmm. on how Mr. Clark mannerism. He had him down packed. So it one was amazing my, to watch. One of my favorite scenes is when uh, the kids in the cafeteria are the one kids imitating him. And then he yeah. walks in and then he calls him out on it. And then he was, he was asking the girl, is that what I'm like? <laughs> you better or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. It was pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. um, did the filming of the movie disrupt your classes and the school being able to function properly? Or did, did everything go pretty smoothly? I got to tell you that everybody was excited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everybody was going to be in the movie. He yeah. wanted everybody in the movie. You know what I mean? Um, like those kids that you've seen in the movie actually went to the school. They had some extras come in, but for the most part, those were all Eastside High School children that, you know, that was in the movie. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't really like interrupt our class work or anything like that there. Like, Cause we, we basically knew what was going on. You know, they was just, you know, watching and, and, and building and, and seeing what they had to do to make this whole production come together. So it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't really bother us. And I we, love still had to, we still had to report to class too. So oh, a lot yeah. of people think that it was easy, like just because you film it, um, you don't got to report to class. No, whenever we had, like when, whenever we were weren't like act, I mean working, we had to report to class. class. So that means, yeah. yeah. So that means if we had to, if we had a fourth, first, second, and third period, for two periods we had to report, being mm -hmm. math or history, and then after we were done with that, then we would have to come back. And then a lot of a lot of days that we missed the whole day, sometimes we would be tutored for the oh. most part. So I mean. Yeah, so they made sure it wasn't just about the, the, the financial part of it or, and, and, and how they was going to make money. They, at the same time, they thought about us, you know, kids at the same time to see how we were still going to be able to get our education. It was about the education, too, as well, because you can't you can't you can't practice and preach about a high school that's dealing with all type of drama. And, and, and non-educational existence and you got us being pulled from class and not being educated or not being, you know, homeschooled or whatever. Exactly. So that makes sense. Right. So, so they made sure they made sure we was covered for the most part. Nice. Well, I know that the big centerpiece of the film was definitely the part where you guys are singing in the bathroom for Mr. Clark and um, I actually saw on your Facebook page there that you have recently revisited that same scene. You, you have it up, pinned up on the Facebook page. And you sang there and you made a recording of, of your uh, song. So was that for your music video you, you did last year? Smooth, you want to take it? Uh, actually, yes. Yes, it was. Um, it was... Uh... Pretty cool going back there and uh, uh, shooting the, uh, you know, shooting the uh, bathroom scene again mm -hmm. and uh, uh, reuniting with uh, with uh, Jermaine, a.k.a. Sam, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it was it was a, a it was a pretty 
uh, exciting, you know, to come, go back, walk through the walls and stuff like that and go up into the hallway where we harmonized that. And I mean, it, it was just cool. It, it was nice. Well, really heartwarming feeling to be back, right? <laughs> yes. Well, you got to figure 30 years later. Yeah. I mean, walking back into the building and like getting that ghost feeling, you know, because Eastside is built on a graveyard. Did you know that? No. Yeah, the oh. high school was built on the graveyard. Yep, that's why we got the uh, nickname Ghost. Do you guys? That's our, that's our mascot. Is it really? That's amazing. Yes. So, yes. so did you guys ever get that feeling that there was there were spirits and such in the building? Listen, nah, the, the only type of spirits no. we have was school spirit. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's nice. Out of you, Snoop. Out of you, Spooby. <laughs> nice. Oh. Boom. <laughs> Now, I think it's also amazing that 30 years later, you guys are all still making music together and still friends, and that's really inspiring as well. Now, you were originally called the Playboys when you first started, correct? That is correct. And why the name change? Oh, chill. You got you to gotta do that. Well, I mean, <laughs> because I think as you get older, I mean, even though you do have exotic dancers, you know, and they start out <laughs> with they le their legacy but for the most part I think having that title at that time because of a lot like being honest you know because of a, a lot of popularity with within the school with the young ladies and stuff and then seeing how it was starting to cause a lot of you know controversy I want to say with other women you know girls or whatever in the school we had a thing to where by hooking up with a manager of ours who was basically a part of our team, um, Kit Barron's there, they basically gave us an opportunity to work with him. And while working with him, create our, uh, I want to say, create our name, basically. Because a lot of times rehearsing, basically what we would do is do a lot of interacting with the vocals, which was ripping. You know what I'm saying? And by us ripping and doing rehearsing and, and during shows, our manager basically said, yeah, maybe I need to change the name from the Playboys to Rip because y'all do a lot chill. of that. He's, yeah, lot of that. Not, He's playing around. That's Come good. on, chill. That ain't, that ain't how it went. You know, it oh, was so, you. We you was, want me to get the story how it went? Listen, <laughs> we was doing this Listen, song. Naomi. We doing this song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Naomi, I, 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 I didn't want to put Smitty out there like that, but go ahead, go ahead, Smitty. Nah, Naomi, nah, look, we, the bottom line is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the short version. We were in rehearsal, mm -hmm. practicing mm -hmm. some songs. And we was doing Giving Up is Hard to Do by the Gladys Knights and the Pips. We were singing that song right there. I remember it clear as day. Yep. And uh, this guy, Anthony Fuller over there, okay, <laughs> like straight up, like, like, like he sang like a grown man. We were kids, but he he sang like a grown man, like with the passion. You know, he did a lot of runs with his vocal cords. Ah. And he got in rehearsal and was ripping this song to pieces. I mean, ripping it down in rehearsal to the point where, like, we, like after we finished the song, it was quiet. And we slapping five, you know, you killed that, right? 
And then Mr. Skip, who was our manager, was like, man, he said, yo, y'all took, y'all, y'all, y'all took that song to the next level, man. He said, yo, y'all should change y'all name from the Playboys to Riff because that's all y'all do. That's, that's, that's all you do. And it stuck from there. We was like, oh man, that's hot right there. And we kept the name Riff from there. So oh, it's a great, great name. For yeah. that, that idea. Because the Playboys just wasn't going to work. You know what I mean? We wasn't going to keep the Playboys. It wasn't going to happen. Because let me be honest, man. We had, let me tell you, when we did the movie, it's like so many guys, and I got to be honest, so many people, especially guys, we became so popular to where lots of guys were jealous of us. So it worked out for the good to where in that rehearsal, you know, Skip said what he said, our manager changed the name because of me doing what I do, my brother, Nitty, and Smooth, and um, Kenny. I mean, it worked out perfect for that, for that reason, you know. On that one rehearsal, so everything panned out real good, you know. Yep, good choice. But you can't say, fellas, y'all know we had a lot of, we had a lot of people who was envious of us. Oh yeah. Well, that's only because we was we had to sing the school song every day. They was making us sing it every day. So they was like, "Bunk that! I'm gonna get a group too. I'm gonna get a group too. I'm gonna get a group too." It was like four or five groups. Oh wow! Yes. yes, yes. So did you get? We like... have a book that's coming. That's not, not to break it up. I'm sorry. We have a that's book good. that's where about you know um you know start working on to where it's a lot of it's a book out right now that my skip my manager Skip Van Rensselaer wrote. Right. He's telling his version of basically, you know, what he's saying. But you're going to witness a lot of stuff, like what Mike just said, Nitty just said a second ago, as far as the popularity within the group and, and the school song to where we had to go through a lot of battles. And, and uh, um, what, what they call that when you, when you have pet rallies and all that stuff within the school, you had, because of us, yeah, pet rallies when they had cheerleaders, competitions, and all of that. We Old became so Oh, yeah. We became so popular, so, so popular from the school song that people started forming groups and it became a thing every week. So that means if it was 43 weeks within a school year, it was every Friday was a challenge. It was some type of battle that was taking place. And uh, uh, you'll be surprised. It became popular to where other high schools throughout the city would come out and, and meet just to hear this battle take place. So it was it was real really serious. And you'll you'll know about it real soon once this book's come out. You know, did you guys do the, the the battle like in the school, like in the gymnasium or was it like out in the yeah. out in the yard or where? Auditorium. In the school. Auditorium. Every every Friday. Every Friday they had to cut it short, you know, school day just to make sure this pep rally took place, the battle. That's super so fun. It was, yeah, it was that deep. <laughs> Was it good rivalry though? Like good rivalry, everyone had good energy about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. This, this. Listen, everybody in Eastside at that time, it was so much going on, like with the filming of the movie. Um, you know, like we we pretty much already had our role on lock. You know what I mean? We knew. You know what I mean? Because Mr. Clark stated after we sang it. It was more like, listen, I'm gonna put y'all in my movie. That's it. I want y'all to sing the school song the way because look, the way y'all changed it is the way I want it to be in the movie because they sang it a whole nother way. Oh, so Riff yeah. took the school song and 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 
flipped it to what you know it as today. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like Chill was saying, there was a lot of groups trying to take that spot. So they was recreating the song and coming up with different <laughs> things on, on trying to like figure out how to catch us. But they couldn't catch us, man, because we was just blessed, you understand? We had, yes. we had it. They couldn't take it away from us, you know? We was blessed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sure were. A lot of fun. You sure were. You got a lot of great things that came out of everything that happened. And one thing that we talked about before, Smooth, and I love Arsenio Hall. You guys had the opportunity to be on the show. Tell me about that experience. Well, y'all go ahead. I talked about it, so it's y'all turn. No, I want to hear you again. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, all right. Well, the first time we was in L.A., I'm not sure. I think we was doing an album or uh, the movie had already came out. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the album, I think we had finished the album and uh, we had got tickets well, to go to the Arsenio Hall show. And I can't remember who his guest was up there at that time. Then we were sitting in the audience and then all of a sudden, Arsenio Hall says something about the movie Lean On Me. And he just said, yeah, these guys right here in the audience, they're going to be on my show tomorrow night. Like, we were, <laughs> you know, like, like that that was, it was crazy the way we found out. It, it was like, we was at the show no, and then we was on. No warning. That was it. <laughs> no get you on the show. These guys are going to be on the show tomorrow night. Tune in. And that, that was like, after that, like it, it was history because we was up there a few more times after that. We was up there singing with the band. And I mean, it, it was a very, very great, it was a great experience. The posse. The posse. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. The baddest band in the land. I had so many good memories from that show because I saw so many of the first um, <clears throat> big stars of my generation that I adored on his stage first. Right. Like Mariah. That's where she, yeah. she debuted on TV, right on that stage. But yeah. How did you guys, how did you guys uh, find the whole Arsenio experience? Okay, well, the experience was, was awesome. You know what I mean? Because Arsenio had grown to like us. See, the, see this is how you know that you know, because there's so much information, like, like, for us to keep up on it. But the, the time that Smooth is talking about, that happened the last time we were on Arsenio Hall. He doesn't even know that. Because the first time we were on Arsenio Hall, we, we was there to promote our single, If You're Serious. Ah. And we walked in, and we're looking at the stage set, boom, 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 we're looking at it, look. We rehearsed it with the band, and Arsenio came out, introduced himself to us, and he said, listen, I got a choir here. He said, I want to know if y'all can come out and, and, and do a song with the choir. He said, maybe y'all can sing something, and then we can join in. We'll have y'all join in at the choir. That was the first time we were on Arsenio Hall. So he said, I want y'all to, to come from the audience. No, 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 no. We, 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 tell us, tell me where did we come from? We came from the audience. We came from the audience. Right. We came from we the came audience thing. Up at the top and then kind of yeah. down. Yeah. We came from the Yeah, back. I remember that because I almost fell. Oh, we no. Stayed, <laughs> we, we came from the back and we worked our way downstairs. 
You know what I mean? And we joined up with the choir. We were singing Oh Mary Don't You Weep by Take Six. Wow. That was the first time. And then we did a second song by ourselves, which was If You Serious. Which I'm going to play on the show right now. Okay. I'll clip it in. I'll clip it in. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> to me and you got to have me in your life if i'm all you need all you'll ever need starting with tonight if you're ready now if you have no doubt and your love for me is something that you're really sure The second time we were there, we did White Man Can't Jump mm. to promote mm -hmm. that movie. And then nice. the third time, we were just in LA doing something. I think we was filming video or something. And we had tickets to the Arsenio Hall show. And we were sitting in the audience watching K7 do uh, Come Baby Come. We was watching them do it. Peace out to K7. I talk to him every now and again. What's up, dude? <laughs> uh, but but we, we, we was watching them perform. And all of a sudden, like Steve said, our senior was like, we got Riff in the house. He was pointed. He was like, Riff's going to be on my show tomorrow night. OK. Like, <laughs> and it was that night after that, that show, we went to the hotel. You know, we started learning songs that we could sing with the band. And we came back that next night and sat in with the band and sing like four, five songs, six songs. Oh, that's so cool. So the experience was amazing. Arsenio loved us. Yeah. That is so Down cool. Down there, definitely, he, he, he received us very well. It was no type of uh, he loved envy. Us. He loved us. So it was almost respect. He know? seems like the type of guy who's what you see is what you get. You know? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Everything. Yeah. Was it like three, four years ago? He, he made a brand new Arsenio Hall show. I was so excited. I think oh, it lasted good. for three months or so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then that was, yeah, yeah unfortunately. But, uh, but I, I was excited too. But he'll be in Coming to America too, and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes. I'm excited Can't for that. Okay. Now, Back to what you guys were experiencing during that time. You mentioned the White Man Can't Jump movie, mm -hmm. right? So you guys had a song yeah. on there? Yeah. We had the title had cut. The title. Yes. Oh. Got you. Cool. So is we had the title cut, which was um, written and produced by my man, Dallas Austin. <gasps> I um, love him. 
Ellis Austin, and it was a wonderful experience working with him. Um, not only working with him, but we had a chance to meet and work during the video with um, Woody Harrison of mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes and Rosie Perez. So mm -hmm. we got to interact with all the stars in one, you know, um, song, which was a wonderful experience for us. Um, and the, not that it's a sad part, but you know what? The, the sad part is that as big as the record could have been, um, we felt that they didn't push it the way it could have, like, really went out and, and, and made history. Um, because I guess during that time, um, I guess, Boys the Men was really hot, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So what they did, they basically shipped and went towards Boys the Men opposed to uh, focusing on Patterson's song, which was like a better record, you know? And not that I mean, I'm saying it because I'm part of the group, but I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking, if you were to listen to the soundtrack album and compare both songs, you'll see the difference. Yeah. And Dallas Austin was a hot commodity at that time, hot producer, songwriter, and he was a and um, for whatever reason, the song ain't take off. I mean, that's being out of control, you know, but, you know, we did our part. Um, the song went number one in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> it went number one. So we are all right. I'm good. Yeah, I'm right. surprised <laughs> when things blow up. Yeah. Smooth, what were you going to say? Oh, no, nah, I mean, he, he pretty much, he pretty much covered it, you know, like, I, I was just about to add, like, how can you not, uh, you know, pay attention to the title track of the song, White Man Can't Jump? You know, we figured that right there was going to be the one mm. that, you know, opened the door for us a little bit. But somehow, you know, like Chill said, they went for look for the hook, look for the hook. So, I mean, <laughs> my boys, the men, right? <laughs> Our boys, we, those are our partners. We love them. You know, it's not their fault, but it so happens that at the time, boys, the men, you know what they was doing. They was working on the L.A.
yeah no absolutely it was it was a wonderful tune i loved it and during that time, yeah. is that when you got to start touring with Vanilla Ice and LL Cool J and go on the road? Well, mm. Vanilla, you won't believe it. Grant, I'll take a little bit that I handed to you. I don't want to do too much talking. No, go ahead. Vanilla, go ahead. Ice came, yeah, Vanilla Ice came at the beginning. You like We were still basically working. Um, I want to say we was at the dead part, the dead end part of our album. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But because of the, the hype and because of everything that was going on in terms of what we was doing in our hometown, the moving lean on me and a lot of the uh, uh, local stations in terms of like televised television, uh, ABC, you know, NBC, all of the stations, Rip was getting so much hype and popularity to where um, it got back to Vanilla Ice team. And, you know, it was easy for them. Because at the time, we, I think Vanilla Ice was the label mates, right? If I'm not mistaken, right. we the label mm. mates. So it was easy for um, Charles Compliment, who was the president at the time, to go to Vanilla Ice and listen and say, listen, you know, I have read who your label mate, who, who's your label mate. I want you to give them an opportunity. And, you know, they would never fail you. And we did. It got to the point, working with Vanilla Ice, and there's no disrespect to him because we love him because he always gave us the utmost respect. He, he shared the stage with us, gave us an opportunity, but it got to the point to where the news, the news media started saying that, you know, these guys, Riff, need to be headlining, headlining their own tour. These guys are so good at what they do. And it wasn't taking no, nothing away from Vanilla Ice. It was just people in Hummers giving us our roles while we were here as young people who could really sing. And at that time, because it was like, it wasn't auto-tune, everything was basically live. What you got, what you heard was what you was going to get. Everything mm -hmm. was just what Rip was capable of doing. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Liddy, or Spoon, you want to add to what I just said there with Vanilla? Yeah, yeah. We had a, um, basically, it was a joy to be on the road. We learned a lot. We learned how to move on the road like like so when when we went to the ll cool j tour we were already seasoned you know that yeah. right. stone on us you know we already knew that we was gonna be a certain way on this particular tour mm. so we ended up touring with ll for three months and and that was a whole nother experience because he did you know he did arenas and he did small arenas he did big arenas and he did small arenas when we came out with Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice was at his peak. We was doing like football stadiums. Wow. And so it, it, it was awesome. Both tours was a joy. No yeah. kidding. And you know, we was kids, we was kids, we was walking, we, you know, we was walking around with a, you know, a whole pocket full of money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we was kids. We was like, yeah, I'm loving this. I'm loving this right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And when I was reading your bio, you mentioned some work that the, some of the members did with Michael Jackson back in the group uh, Men of Vision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who, who's involved in that? That, okay. That, that pretty much happened, you know, because Riff had went through... Uh, a test of our faith. Like, 
Mm. You know, because we ended up losing our deal at SBK Records. Okay, because we rephrase that, baby. We gave up our deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 ended up, you know, parting ways with SBK Records because um they wanted to do a third album. And you know, some of the fellas thought that we had enough music on the third on on the second album that they can, you know, drop some more singles. Cause we had we had we had only dropped two singles off of the record. Mm. But at the time, SBK um, basically had a vision on what they wanted to do. They was lining us up for success, you know, because they were basically, um, we, we had went in to work with David Foster. They wanted ah. David Foster to do our third album. So we went in, we cut a song, Don't Want to Fall in Love. Don't want to rush into anything fast i just want a good thing to last it was a beautiful yeah. song the wayne jones was tearing the building down on this song so we 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 pretty much demoed the song with david foster he let our record company know that he would love to work with us and do our project mm -hmm. okay um, but we didn't see eye, eye to eye. The deal ended up smacking. So Riff went on a hiatus. You know what I mean? We kind of, you know, we was chilling. We was trying to, you know, we figured because, you know, we had a little money, you know what I mean, that we can leave SBK Records and go try to get another deal with another record label that believed in, you know, R&B, Black music. And that wasn't the case. Nobody wanted to touch us. They knew that we were good. We had songs on the charts. We had success with the movie. We basically blackballed from the game, pretty wow. much. Nobody wanted to touch us at that time. So during our hiatus, um, we, we um, decided to do different things. You know what I mean? Some of us got married. Um, you, know, you know, a couple of us started, you know, singing in like cover bands and you know, some's pursuing acting and, and um, uh, um, you know, spoken words. Kenny was one of the guys that had a group called Mind Frame. Excellent group. You know what I mean? We, we was just trying different, different things. Yeah. So pretty much, you know, Anthony was at a church service uh, and he ran up on a singer that had a deal with Sony. And he was asking the guy if he can do some songs for Riff. He ended up giving the guy the number, boom. The guy didn't call for about a month or so. He called Anthony and was like, look, man. He said, I know Riff is taking a chill pill right, a chill pill right now. You know what I mean? I lost three guys of my group. He was like, yo, I'm trying to, you know, I want to I know if you guys will come over here and help us out. Mm -hmm. Chill was like, cool, who do you want? He was like, yo, I want you and, and Mike. And, and Chill was like, well, you got to take my brother too. And he was like, well, we kind of only looking for, for two. He was like, I, you got to take, take my brother too. So we ended up meet, meeting him over in New York City like a week later at Junior's Cheesecake Factory. You know, we was over there. We met, we sang together, and we went to Sony and sang for Teddy Riley. Uh, Michael Jackson was on the phone. 
Corey Rooney, Tommy Matola, and there was some other people that was there. Mm-hmm. And they loved the new sound. And we ended up recording the album. And that's how it went. We joined Mineral Vision for about three years. And then we ended up taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how did this yeah. all come back to becoming Riff once more? Uh, I mean, we never broke up. You yeah. know what I mean? We never, we never broke up. So Riff basically, you know, was destined to get together and do some more music. You know, so we, we just decided that it was time for us to get back out there and do some more music. And that's pretty much what we've been doing. I want to hear about the new music you're putting out right now. We want everybody to uh, we'll get a taste of it on the show. I'll play some of the new stuff for you as well. But mm-hmm. tell, tell me what you're doing now. I mean, the album is done. Yeah. We have a new project. We're just trying to put all the pieces together because, you know, as you know, the music industry is different right now. You know what I mean? So it's like not it's not like we have a major deal. We you know, you can re- you can record a song today and put it out tomorrow. But, you know, you got to figure out a marketing plan on how you're going to get that song to the masses. And it's, it's pretty it's pretty easy. You yeah. know what I mean? But you, but you got to be dedicated to it. You know what I mean? There's and positive the- and there's negative because you have a record company. They do all that for you. Exactly. But, but you have no control. Where this way, you have all the control. You have all the control. Right, exactly. You yeah. said it right. You said it right. So it's basically that. So it's, it's, it's just figuring out how we're going to market it and we're going to put the record out, you know, by the beginning of the year. We should have it out there. I hope we'll be able to share some of the music before on the episode. That would be so great. Of course. This is just some just clips, you know. Gotta make sure we we got a, the great. We gotta make sure we got our plateau ready because, like, like you said a minute ago, um, with a record company, you can reach you know millions of people. You know what I'm saying through the airways. Some people don't. They they're not into the social media being Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the different outlets. So we just trying to, you know, because the album's been done at least for about like almost a year now, but we're we're very, very, uh, we're just trying to make sure that we make the right steps in terms of putting it out. And, you know, we we pray that things don't become outdated, but the music is phenomenal that we've been working on. We've been putting a lot of hard work, sweat and tears. We've been doing whatever it is that we we know how to do to basically please the fans. But if you can't reach all the fans the right way, then it doesn't make sense to just put it out there because then it's going to be like, you know, we're just doing it for nothing. So we just hope that the people in Canada, the people in China, Africa, um, Australia, we hope that these people, you know, hear this interview and, 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 and they go to the RIP page being Twitter, RIP Sounds Twitter, RIP, RIP Sounds Instagram, RIP Sounds Facebook. And we hope that they come and they join in, you know, with the new music that we put out already and, and the, the album that we're about to drop. Because it has to make sense. It has to be a logical way of, you know, putting out the music to where it, it's just not going to sit there on the shelf and, and collect dust. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. You put a lot of love into each project you do, and you want to make sure that it gets out there properly. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And I know Smooth and I had a talk before, but I want to make sure that you're just as much involved in this conversation as well. But uh, how are you feeling about everything going on right now? 
with the music and getting it out there? Smooth. She taught me music. Well, nah, she no, she was uh, oh me. I thought she because she yeah. was saying like we had our conversation like it, it, yeah, she wanted y'all in another conversation. No, I want, I want you in this conversation too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well. that's what I mean. I know I we like, spoke before, yeah, but I want to speak this to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like like they said, uh, uh, we're just waiting for the right time. Uh, the music is dope, and uh, we do have some uh. We have a YouTube page, uh, Riff Sounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can go check out the videos that we've done to uh, some of the songs. And some of the songs that you hear on YouTube will probably be on the album as well. Mm -hmm. So we got a video to that. And you can just go and, uh, you know, go and enjoy it. But like like they saying, like, you got to wait for the right time yeah. uh, to put it out there. And, uh, you know, hope, the, uh, hope that the uh, people are really missing the real... R&B songs with the, the the hook and 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 the vamp out and all that other stuff as much as we're missing it mm -hmm. and jump on the bandwagon and, and and just bring back you know bring back 90 music. Amen. <laughs> bring back that m melodic sound. Yeah. We try to reach them. We try to reach them 50 million people who we had a chance to reach for the movie Lean on Me. That's the audience we're trying to reach again. You know what I'm saying? And if that makes sense for us to wait in order to do that, then we just gonna wait. Not saying we're gonna wait too long, yeah. but that's what we're trying to. That's our that's our goal is to reach some 50 million people who had a chance to to, to see Lean on Me. Reach them uh, 10 million people who had a chance to to, to gravitate on the first riff album. My heart is me, If you're serious, every time my heart beats, those great records. Those the audience we need to get back into, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of them, they they wonder, they, they they're wondering what what is Rip doing now? Because see, we don't have that machine like you said, the record companies who was able to reach out, reach out to the millions of people, all the people in airway. So now it's like we depend on social media to try to capitalize on, you know, having that relationship again. And it's just being honest, yeah. it's kind of hard because. A lot of the young kids today, they do that. That's what they live for. You know, we are older now. And, you know, we have families. We have to provide for kids. We have to take care. So it's not like you have that machine to where back in the days when we was like the 19 and the 18 and we were sleeping until 1 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And we had that fat check sitting in, sitting at the record company, the royalties, and we was able to go up there and get it. And I have to worry about anything. But now it's a whole new day and time. You know, mm -hmm. so we have to do what we got to do to make sure not only is our personal life, you know, taken care, but then at the same time, when it comes to our musical life, we want to make sure that everything makes sense and everything is balanced out. You know what yes. I'm saying? So, and and that's that's what we're 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 trying to do. And introduce a new new generation of fans. Like now, you guys have kids as well. Are your kids making the music as well? Some of us. I mean, all all the kids. You know, if I if I can interact, all the kids, all of our kids, my nieces and my nephews, they all can sing. They all do their thing. But you know, even my personal kids, some of them just have a different outlet. Look, in, in, in terms of music, because I guess they see what we've experienced and they see what we've been through in terms of not being home a lot. You know, as young kids, because we was out touring the country and touring the world and. Uh, let me tell you, a lot of 
lot of people don't understand it's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a lot of hard work and dedication. I mean, night after night after night, you got to pause and then you got to go. You got to get up six o'clock in the morning. You got to get up five o'clock in the morning. You got to interact with the radio stations. You got to meet and greet. You got to do the club, meet and greet at night. And it becomes tiresome. I, I tell you, it's work. hard work pays off. Yeah, hard work do pays off like Mayweather says it best. But, I mean, as you get older, you know, it, 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 things tend to just twitches a little different. But, Will, me, and the brothers, the Rip, would we like to relive that life again? Sure. Because it was fun while we did it. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, you know, we took a, a different type of turn in terms of the relationship with the record company because they saw us going one way and we decided to go another way because we believed in ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we took that approach. But will we ever do it again? Yeah, we'll do it again. I yeah. I'm pretty sure I speak for all of that. Yeah. And we're going to do it again. You know, it's just a matter of when the time is right. Listen, I want to add on to what he was just saying, to what Chu was talking about. Yeah, like when we were coming out of the gate, like, like we, like he said, we used to go to radio stations. You know, we had record reps. They'll make you go sing for that person. They'll be like, yo, go over there and sing for that person right there. So we go over there and we singing for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like we really, really worked for what we had. You know what I mean? Today is direct. Like I said, you can do a record, you can put it up and boom. You know, and if, if kids like it, they're getting streamed, they're getting a the check. And everybody is cut out of that. It's, it's straight money coming to your account. So basically, what we're trying to say in a nutshell, because we're spoiled, you know what I mean? You know what right. I mean? We, <laughs> that's, we, that's a good we, word, Greg. <laughs> we we, no, you, we have right, music, right. and we, we tend to, like, you know, like, hung, hold <laughs> on to it, you know what I mean? Instead of, like, going buck wild, like just let it go and like and just <laughs> push because we spent our own money to cut this stuff. And the truth of the matter is, man, a lot of a lot of records is just not getting bought. Like it's just like it's it's a different system right now. You know, yes. Beyonce said it said it the best. She's one of the biggest selling artists in the world. She's like, yo, people aren't buying albums no more. They're they're getting the music for free. Yeah. They're getting it for free. They street. They, you know, they're getting these records for free. Well, so, that's why these artists have to tour, because that's the only way you're going to make money yeah, nowadays. Only way you're make and money now they can't. Now. They can't tour right now. So now they're doing, like, cameo videos and stuff like that, right? Because what else are they going to do? Right, exactly. And, and I think that's another reason why, like, you know, when you get copyright infringement on YouTube because somebody put your song, I think that wouldn't be happening so much if artists got paid money from their music. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I had to go off on that. Continue. No, 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 no. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot. Of, let me tell you, me, Mike, Nitty, and I was talking the other day, right? And uh, we had a, a nice conversation. And he was telling me he was like, "Yo, chill." He said, "People is like hitting a page, and they saying this was one of the songs that I had a chance to write." And the song was released like about a year ago, and people act like they never heard the song because I guess. During, during this time of pandemic, the COVID, everybody has no choice but to sit and, and to be stable, mm-hmm. you know, and people are hitting the page saying the song is hot, 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 and the song was out a year ago. I'm like, 
But mm-hmm. that goes to show that a lot of people were not touched, were not reached. So we got to figure out that whole plateau on how we can reach all these people who we know. We got fans. We got so many fans. You'll be surprised. But we just can't touch them. And for whatever reason, I mean, like it's that the, the social media outlet is just a little different. You know, I know it's a lot of young kids now that we we must introduce ourselves to. But um, that was kind of a shocker that, you know, people are starting to take to this song. And we, we released a lot of great records. When You Love, Say the Word, Perfect Ten. So, so many, so, dedicated so many great songs, the song, Sorry. Songs are out, and when we perform the songs, they love them, but they're not being heard. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we, had, we, we had that. If we had that train behind us for that machine set up, it'll make a big difference. Because whatever we do in the studio, when we work, because we work hard, we bust our ass, excuse my friend, we can, we can put out vocal. It doesn't matter. Wherever we go, you take the music away, we do our thing. We, we some singing guys, and we for real about our craft. And, and listen, but we feel we, we don't get out right now. They'll probably be like, what is with that? the hard work that we put in and we put out. you off this see back then we had no social media there, there was no camera phones it was none of that mm. <laughs> you know we listen back then there was cassette tapes yes <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? cassettes you yeah. listen this How is does that work this is this is an old riff rehearsal tape oh wow with everybody on it you know what I mean? The whole group rehearsing in my manager's house. This is the tape. But we listen, we listen. We gonna find somebody to tell our story. I'm talking about like an unsung. We might gotta do our own unsung. I don't I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. But we're gonna figure <laughs> out how we can maximize this new material that we have so that you know what I mean, so that it can be heard. So nice. everything is visual now, though. Cats is walking around in the street in the food market with masks on their face, still looking at their phone like this. So everything is on the phone. So we, we just got to figure that part out. And we're going to get with a marketing team, and we're going to tear it up. Next year, check that new Riff album out. That's all I can't I'm saying. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you get that tape digitally well, encoded. Oh, listen. Before it turns to dust. Come on. <laughs> I already made copies and burnt it, burnt it to CD. Okay, I'm, you're good. Uh huh. Hey, 
living in my right. She's the inspiration. When I'm on that grind, the time flies by, and thoughts of her on my mind. She's smart, serious, so secure. She's not curious. She got her own thing and her own cash. She don't run her mouth when she thinks fast. Loving everything she do, even a bad habit or two. She still is my angel, she sees from an angle, and I can't help but say, You guys are all from, obviously, from New Jersey, where it all began. What are your favorite things about Jersey today? What do, what do, if you had a guest coming from another country, like Canada, for instance, tell me where you would take them to Jersey. Now? <laughs> yeah. Now? So let's no pretend way. COVID doesn't exist. Just pretend. Okay, pretend, pretend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Johnny Haynes. Well, okay. Johnny and Haynes has the best hot dogs you can get. Right after that, grill. Okay. What about Broadway Pete? Two places when you come to Jersey. Johnny Haynes. Mm -hmm. Me and Smooth grew up on Johnny Haynes. You know, his father used to spoil us all the time. We'll spoil him, but because you know I was with him, you know, <laughs> they they used to hook me up too. You know what I mean? So yeah. Johnny Johnny Haynes and Hot Grill, you gotta make a stop to when you come to Jersey. That's me. Bro, hey, great. Broadway pizza. Broadway pizza is good too. Yeah, yeah, still, still the they same. Give you, they give you the biggest slice of pizza for two dollars. Yeah, the biggest slice. I, I haven't had it in a while, you know. But I mean, uh, now that we're talking about, it, I might sneak over there. But it's, <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of the best tasting pizzas. They say New York pizza is the best pizza. Patterson got the best tasting pizza. Broadway pizza. Broadway pizza. And, yeah, and, also, and, uh, also, also, also I mean, torpedo base. Oh, yeah. Torpedo base, and then also the Great Falls. Yes, then, we talked you know, about that. that. Great Falls is beautiful. Right. And then, and then we have a mall down here, and there's a comedy club that's opened up down here. And you know, you know, we would, uh, I would take you, or I would advise to go check out uh, the Monique's Comedy Club down there at the Center City Mall oh. in Paris, and, the New place, and the number one place, which is where it all started for us, Eastside High School. Eastside High School, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah well, we'll take you got to ride past it. I'm going to eat right. good <laughs> in New Jersey. I'm going to eat very yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to gain some pounds, so. <laughs> <laughs> Please make a notation. We've been trying to get to Canada for years, and it's, it's not us. You know, we've been trying. So please put in the words of the promoters, you know, yeah. Rip. Canada was one of our favorite, if not the best place that we've ever performed at because during those days with Vanilla Ice, they showed us so much love out of yeah. Canada. Toronto, um, Ontario. I mean, it's just amazing country that we love and you know what we have some good friends we still communicate with not fans they started out fans but since throughout the years we became friends yeah. and good friends you know and so um, canada is one of the first places we would love to tour you know when that time you know comes when that 
time comes, there's places in my city I could find venues for you that would be wonderful to play. And because uh, I, I used to sing in a band here in town, so I played a few of them. And we're out way out west, so far away from Jersey, but like five hour flight. But well, I'll be happy to welcome you here and have you guys come play some shows. That'd be cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. One day, one day, when life's back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So what tracks are you guys most proud of with them, especially with the new music or the old music? Some of the traps tracks that maybe people didn't hear because they weren't singles. We, for each of you, starting with Nitty, who which tracks are you most proud of? Talking about on the albums? Yeah. Yeah. I always like those deep cuts. I love those deep cuts that don't don't always get heard because they're not singles, you know? Okay. Well, for me, if I had to go off the first album, I would say Baby is Wonderful, um, <laughs> my favorite, um, and Temporary Insanity. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Smooth. Well, I mean, he touched on those two. Yeah. So being that he said those two, I'm going to throw out another two. Uh, Read My Eyes off of the first album. Mm -hmm. And uh, I Can't Believe We Just Met. <clears throat> That's just off the first Beautiful. one. Hey, smooth. <laughs> well, as far as me, uh, all or nothing was very. That was our opening. We used to come out with that joint, and yeah. people love that. Big ups to Monty Stewart. He, he yeah. wrote and produced that record, and um, it was a phenomenal joint. And um, Baby is Wonderful was one of those new edition records that we not, never got a chance to uh, put out. Mm. I mean, it had the whole swag of, of No Edition, you know, on that first album. But if you listen to it, it's called Maybe It's Wonderful. Go back and listen to it and you'll see what I'm talking about. I'll be very happy to share some of the clips of the songs on the show for everybody. And I'm just so glad I was able to get you all together here today. Um, now, I definitely am happy because I have some footage chatting with Smooth a couple weeks back, and now with everybody together, what I had a great time. Yeah, me too. We all it. yeah, we can't can't can you see it see it I yeah. see it that we we have a great time. We have a great time. Appreciate it. It's absolute pleasure. Now I'm going to wrap things up by asking each of you what food item, clothing item, or toy, some some one of those things makes you nostalgic for the '90s. We'll start oh. with Anthony. I did this to Smooth, but I'll do it again because Smooth's awesome. <laughs> he has good answers. Um, well, I'm going me, last. Was, I, I got to go last. All right. Okay. For, for me, you know, you, you said from the 90s that made, made me, like, happy. And yeah. Sort of, like, good memories. Well, of what, good, I'm going to tell you, and I'll say this real quick. My good memories was, um, like, can't and good foods because when we would be out on tour, being uh, being the sauces, um, stewed beef, um, chicken noodle soup. The reason it made me excited in the '90s because I got a chance to to the guys when we was out on tour because this time we didn't get to stop and they were starving. So, so I made a lot of money off the group. He would sell to us when we'd be up in the mountains, like they put it <laughs> up in the mountains, 
and you got to drive far to get food after the show. Like if you if if you didn't take food from the venue mm-hmm. after the night is up, you like yo man, I, you know I, you know I think yeah, because room, room service is closed and everything. Next, <laughs> next thing you know, chill is popping up in the can like. Oh, heating it up and coming out and holding it like. <laughs> We're like, yo, man. Oh, you guys look hungry. That, where did you get that can of stew beef from? <laughs> I, got, I got another one. Give me five dollars. <laughs> Go ahead, smooth. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, what makes me nostalgic about the 90s is, uh, well, the clothing, uh, Clark and I, Cross Colors. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, music, uh, the old style music, and food-wise, just food, period. <laughs> just eating. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Nitty. Yeah, well, I'm gonna tell you what I miss. You know, I miss about the '90s, man. Um, you know, but like, you had more um, TV programs that promoted music. Yeah, like the yeah. Party Queen, Arsenio Hall, Rick Dees. You had, you know, a lot of different. You know, BET. You had a lot of different video channels, like. MTV, like I miss videos. I don't see them like I used to, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, right. uh, the cartoons, like the cartoons is different mm-hmm. right now totally. back then, you know what I mean? So I'm kind of stuck stuck on that right there. And I, you know, I miss the cassette tapes. I miss when they get stuck in my tape player and I had to ravel it up with the pen because it was all Listen, messed up, man. The cassette tapes, you had the boom boxes. What? With the double cassette? Yep. Put it- getting, ready for, getting ready for the uh, world famous, uh, what is it, Dream Team show? Yeah, Supreme Team show, yeah. But, yep. Listen, we used to be walking through the hallways after the show with our radios, man. Like, yo, it, it was crazy. Yeah, you're right. Does that have enough D batteries and you're good? Lots of batteries. Listen, yep. listen, lot, listen, listen, truth, listen, truth, truth be told, it was a lot of batteries and a lot of candles. I'm gonna leave it right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You guys are you guys are an absolute blast. And I was had a pleasure chatting with all three of you. Um, and Smooth, thanks for dedicating your time, not just once, but twice. And we'll be taking some from that show and obviously this whole entire show and just putting it, I'll be editing it into one giant uh, production for you guys. And okay. As soon as it's going out that week, uh, I'll tag you in all the social media and I'll write to Katrina and let her know so she can pass it on to you guys. Awesome. Sound good? Okay. And also, it's it's okay when you edit. You have uh, two pictures of me and just one of them. It's cool. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> nice. He's gonna get the most press. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that was a blast. Thank you so much. But uh, yeah, I'll keep in touch and then uh, 
Can't wait for the new record. I'll be following and to see what's going on. Listen, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. Beautiful. Thank for the second time. For the second yes. time. Love you guys. You all, all right, have a wonderful wow. day. We'll talk you to too. you later. You too now. Bye. All right. Bye, brothers. Bye. Peace out. Peace. Wow. wow. I just see something I've never seen before. She's perfect. She's perfect. Baby girl, you're amazing. Nothing short of wonderful. Everything you possess, girl, has been What a pleasure to have the gentleman on the show and oh, there's so much fun. You can find Riff. Uh, they have two Facebook pages. You can find them on facebook.com forward slash Riff dot fan page. And the other one I'm seeing here is facebook.com forward slash Riff dot sounds. They also have a Twitter and Instagram, a YouTube, a Reverb Nation page. Check it all out on their Wikipedia and follow them. See what they're up to. Next week, Colin and I, Colin's going to be back on the show. It's so exciting. We haven't had him on in a while. So him and I are going to chat about the legacy of Eddie Van Halen, the music that Van Halen put out during the 90s, all three albums, and what Eddie Van Halen means to both of us. Plus, we do all kinds of other silly chat that we always do. You know how it is. When Colin's on the show, we have a great time. So you guys, take care. We'll see you next week. Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope. Or on Insta, dope underscore nostalgia. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.